Um, Matthew, let me bring you back over here. Just get a bit of level off your voice. Um, tell me what you had for breakfast. I had um, three silk cut and a black coffee. <laughs> that's my breakfast of choice. Those days have gone. My but, kind yeah. of man. Yeah, that's my kind of breakfast. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. And let me just describe the most amazing space I'm standing in right now. It's giving me all the squeals, delicious colours, oversized vintage chandeliers. I'm... She's speechless. She's speechless with joy. I shall take over. <laughs> I am leaning against a cobalt blue front door, which against could actually have come from your pink house. Wall. Against a candy pink wall with a mint green architrave. I know. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And have you seen the French doors and shutters through this living space onto the In garden? turquoise. Yeah. Who? Oh, are we going through the keyhole? Yes. And so Who? What's the, what's the line? What's the line? <laughs> Who lives in a house like this? Well, not to keep the suspense any longer, this is the incredible home of the designer Matthew Williamson. A Guardian headline once summed up Matthew's career as from fashion star to interior star, which says it all really. After years designing clothes adored by A-listers, from Sienna Miller to the Duchess of Cambridge, Matthew has recently focused more on his passion for interiors. He has designed ranges of rugs, wallpaper, furniture, as well as incredible hotel rooms in London, Oxfordshire and Mallorca. And of course, most importantly, he has appeared as a guest judge on the hit BBC Two show, Interior Design Masters. And as he is quoted as saying, I'm fascinated with creating spaces which evoke a sense of joy, optimism and personality and that is singing from my hymn sheet so thanks so much for having us oh it's a Matthew. pleasure welcome <laughs> hi guys very exciting so we're in your i feel like we should say drawing room but that's, what what do we call this room you can call it drawing room that's very grand but yeah it's i suppose grand. it is a grand room isn't it it's got a beautiful sort of barrel shape to it these lovely curved walls um it's got this amazing curved door and mm. you the parquet floor I notice is curved to match it mm. I mean that's incredible did you is this an original door yeah it's been here for a very long time I was luckily inherited it as you know the bones of this apartment are so beautiful and original yeah it was definitely a love at first sight home for me I bought it about seven years ago I think and knew instantly the minute I opened that cobalt blue door which wasn't cobalt blue yeah. um I sort of knew I got that tingling feeling that I kind of didn't need to see any other room so yeah I'm very lucky to well, live this, here this room's like a really good size isn't it and I can see you know it's multifunctional there's a desk in here you clearly work from this space as well as seating area and then obviously there's a dining table as well in that amazing sort of curved bay so is this the room you hang out in most yeah, absolutely. I mean, I live here part-time. I have another home in Mallorca. So what you're looking at is a sort of work in progress. I guess this interior was designed four or five years ago. So I'm in the process of updating. Oh, are you? Updating. Are you? What are you going to do? 
Well, like you say, I guess the first thing with with the current state of things, this space, I'm lucky that it's large enough to start thinking about, I hate the word zoning, but you know... Oh, go on, I'm going to do some zoning. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to call it if you're I not zoning? I don't know, I just feel a bit naff saying it. <laughs> But I somehow feel it's, it's, it's it explains, for. you know, yeah. the fact that it does need to work as a multifunctional space. I think most people will be um, feeling that at the moment. So, yeah, I'm just sort of embarking on how to do that. Well, I mean, overall, it's a really impressive room to walk into. And I actually think it's really charming that it's clearly your creative space. I mean, just for our listeners, there's a lovely wall here that's just covered in printouts. And I'm guessing this is giving us a sneak preview of some of your product designs that are on the horizon. Can we have a look? Come on, yeah, I want of to have course. a nosy. Is it all secret? I know, this is great. Well, it's kind of um, about to go onto a website in a few weeks. I've had a long ambition to have an online homeware shop. So I've now established eight categories of product that go from lighting to wallpapers rugs tabletop furniture furniture that painted furniture i mean if you could just see the absolute delicious eye candy that i'm looking at right now i mean it is just a rainbow of joy in all your kind of signature patterns so you can get that explosion into your home i guess i have a an identity of colour, if that's even a phrase, I don't know. It is now. But there's sort of go-to colours that I like, and I think they would largely be those complementary contrasts of hot and cold and pinks and greens. I think they're, they're sort of my neutrals, I suppose. Oh, I love that. Your pinks <laughs> and greens are your neutrals, brilliant. Well, they are. I did, I did a house for someone in Mallorca recently, and it was a man and a wife, and... The woman was fully invested in what my plans were for her home and the husband was sort of just used to grey and and white, I guess. So their bedroom, I sort of gingerly spent a few weeks trying to coerce him into the idea of a pink bedroom. Oh, yeah, how did that go? Well, it's fantastic because I've managed to sort of bring him on board but tone the pink down so it's sort of, we're now calling it... Did you tell him it was beige? Mushroom. It's basically a sort of warm beige. Yeah, perfect. It's an old trick, that one. It always works. <laughs> <laughs> it's not pink, darling. Yeah, but to your beige. point, like, to me, that pink is almost like a, a, neutral. a neutral. It's yeah. not pink pink. It's not nowhere near sort of candy pink. It's a very plaster-like pink, which I would far prefer over white or cream. Yeah, or... because it's got a lovely softness to it, yeah. hasn't it? And it's yeah. a beautiful colour to be in, whereas white can be quite stark and grey can be quite cool. Yeah. Pink's got that warmness. So, yeah, I've got quite a lot of pink in my house. In fact, it was really funny. I was talking to Tom about it at the weekend and I do have quite a lot of pink, to be fair. And we're about to do an extension and he's declared there's no pink in the okay. extension. We're going to see how that goes. But anyway, I said to him, you know, what is it? You know, you've got, are you telling yourself this story that it's a feminine colour? And, you know, and actually it was the Victorians who kind of decided that, you know, pink was for girls and blah, blah, blah. And it's all just a construct and he loves he loves anything that's against a contract. So I thought I could really get him on board with this. And then he just went, no, I just don't like it. So I just don't like it. Fair enough. It was a little bit of many parts sort of came together to make the decision. I guess I worked in fashion for 20 plus years. And in that industry, as you, I'm sure you know, it's very relentless, it's very cyclical, it's super fast paced. So you're kind of, you know, 
Well, I was certainly exhausted as it came towards the latter part of that 20-year stretch and the demands of fashion, having to create four collections a year. And, and also with the sort of evolution from bricks and mortar stores to online retail, the industry just shifted and I started to fall out of love with it a little bit. So it kind of took two years to make the pivot into the industry that I've always loved from afar and sort of dabbled. So yeah, it was definitely a slow sort of mindful shift from one to the next. And I now look back retrospectively thinking that my fashion training, if you like, or my fashion career, it was exactly that. It was training for this. I feel... Uh, So you feel this is where you should be. Yeah. I mean, I look back now thinking, God, the signs were there. I was, you know, 10 painting my bedroom in Manchester lilac and (laughs) obsessing about the picture rails, colours and the bedspreads. And I definitely had a vested interest in it, but it was just sort of latent and fashion became my first choice, which... I think I should attribute to my mom and her way of dressing largely. But she also loved her home and loved saving up to buy something. And it was quite a precious pastime of hers, if you like. She was definitely a heavy influence in terms of how she prepared herself for the day ahead. I was curious and fascinated with her rituals of the bath the night before and painting her nails and all this energy and time that she spent and then watching the results of that whereby she'd walk to work in and the cost she was a receptionist in an opticians and she saw it as her duty to look fantastic mm. because she was trying to sell a product and she thought if I don't look good why are you going to trust me yeah so she had that very basic quite smart way of presenting herself you know, she'd host a party and the wives would be jealous and the husbands would love her. Because <laughs> yeah. she really was this sort of peacock in the room. And back in that time, it was quite rare. Yeah. So I was obsessed and fascinated by the effects of that, the positive effects on her and others around her. So it just sort of felt that it was a natural thing for me. If I can create things that have that kind of effect on people... That's what I'd like to do. Wow, amazing. And was your house, was your mother a sort of jewel in a fairly plain house or did she also get the paint out or was it just you with the lilac in your bedroom? (laughs) (laughs) She didn't have lilac, but no, it definitely wasn't plain. Um, But it's funny, isn't it, how I think you, I was thinking the other day how when you mentioned earlier about the colours in this space, how so much of your design DNA, if you like, you carry with you so whilst I do try and push things and look at things a different way I do feel that a lot of what I'm about is rooted in those formative years so yeah she had a fascination with pattern and color and how to put colors together and it was a it was a you know a textured space it wasn't minimalistic she had I mean they didn't have a huge amount of money and also back in that in the 70s I guess you sort of did a room and it was done Yes. And then you didn't so touch it. That. Yeah, there was yeah. no changing, was there? Yeah. Right. You know, we had the same lounge forever and it yeah. used to drive me crazy. It was like, can't we buy a new piece? Yeah. Um, but I can remember it vividly, the carpet. The, and I think I've still got elements of those things in my work. It was quite a flamboyant time there, wasn't it, as well, 70s and 80s. You know, I definitely remember some of my mum's decorating decisions and there was chintz and yeah. some quite Italian... Yeah, the apple has fallen from your tree, has it? <laughs> 
but it would not be out of place now, I think. Right. right? Some yeah. of the things that you had, certainly things I had then, I remember thinking that would be pretty cool now. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm hopefully about to get passed down a really lovely sort of Berger cane suite. It's a couple of armchairs and a sofa and it's cane. And my mum had it restored and renovated in the 80s so it's peach fabric with a kind of like china blue piping Ooh, slight uh. fan detail anyway i was chatting i might to... just lean against this door <laughs> for a, bit, a bit faint i was chatting to um my friend sarah at vine street vintage really cool vintage furniture store in brighton and i said oh you know and i'm gonna get this and i'm gonna reupholster it she went oh no 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 that is the color peach, oh. <laughs> 80s peach and blue is where it's at that whole kind of 80s vibe with vintage furniture is yeah i'm not ready I, I don't think i'm ready to embrace it quite yet either but all i'm saying is it's coming well we've definitely right. embraced the 70s haven't we i mean there's corduroy everywhere you look that rich terracotta creams all those colors are coming back so Absolutely, it's only a matter of yeah. time. And it's my favourite decade for inspiration in fashion and interiors. In yeah. the 70s, it is. Yeah. Because your colours, certainly in here, seem much cleaner than I think the 70s colours. So I'm interested, you say this is a work in progress. Is it going to change a lot? Yeah, I'd like to think that I can sort of, because um, the difference being talking about back in the day. I'm the opposite of that, and I can't sit still in a space. It's never finished. It's always mm. evolving. So, yeah, I think I'll give it a, a bit of a, a rehaul in terms of colour. I've painted that I have these oval floor-to-ceiling windows, which are lovely. They're but in the really bright turquoise. I mean, they, it's really arresting when you walk in. It's such a beautiful colour, and it is a colour I really associate with you as well, that yeah, blue, Yeah, very um, uplifting colour. Mm. I just don't know if it's a bit jazzy for me at the moment. I'm fascinated that you're thinking of switching up your colour palette because you are a designer, I think, first and foremost, who people associate with your, I'm going to say, absolute genius way of putting quite brave and original colour palettes together. So are you going to be moving away from that? Like, Kate, I can see is already trying to draw you to some 70s. <laughs> brown! Love a bit I'm of brown. standing here in between you going, don't... Don't do it. You would. I'm heading to the dark side. Yes, I'm like, can we just have a reality check? Or is it just, um, you know, still being true to your love of joyful, uplifting, vibrant Well, I'm colours? very flattered that you think that um, in the first place. I guess it's interesting to hear that because to me it is instinctive, colour. It's natural. It's something that I don't really labour over to any, maybe surprisingly so. It's just sort of... I can't spend hours and days and weeks contemplating the difference between pale grey and dark grey. It's just, you know, I also find when I walk into a room, if I'm doing a project for someone else, I did this yesterday, in fact, went into a home, a new home I'm doing for someone. I said, this room has to be green. I don't know what kind of green, but it's green. And she went, oh, so, so it just really feels quite impulsive. Wow, yeah. that's fascinating. And then if you get it wrong, you get it wrong, and it's one of the easiest things to change. I think that's a ri oh god, I think that's such a beautiful thing because I'm dealing with people all the time who are terrified mm. of colour and terrified of getting it wrong. Mm. And I kind of want to say, look, we don't all get it right mm. all the time. There isn't, and that this fear of the disaster and what people are going to think. Mm. You're, what you're saying is it's more important to follow your gut and your heart and be creative and look, fix it up if it isn't yeah, I mean, quite my own, hitting it at the end of it. I don't ever have any colour rules. I just like light and bright, but not necessarily white. I need colour on the walls, but not necessarily 
bright color or yeah, dark, so color, intense color. What's this color in here? This it's is like a, a flaring ball gray. Uh, yeah. No, it's not. I'm lying. Sorry. It's the bedroom's flaring ball. This is designer guilds. But it's, I don't know what. Is, is it a soft bluey like gray? Dove gray. Dove yeah. gray, yeah. But, but it picks up, doesn't it? Because you've got pink wall lights and again, that turquoise wall. So it's, you know, the thing about gray, some people, I'm not naming anybody, but her name does begin with S. <laughs> Or anyhow, quite rude about grey, but it is a very nice kind of background colour because it's friends with everything, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So it will reflect. You can warm it up by adding pink and you can cool it down by putting black against it or, right. or lilac. I mean, I kind of I was saying I don't have any rules, but I probably do. And one of them would be, if you're good, for me anyway, it's obviously personal and everyone has their own slant. But for me, I don't really want to sit in a room that's either too brightly coloured or too intensely coloured. So this kind of tone works really well and then have accents of colour within. Yeah. I don't mind the room behind us, which is the sort of candy pink hallway, because it's a space that I'm travelling through. I don't want to sit in a pink lounge, believe it or not, um, or a bright green bedroom. I want soft colours mostly. And then I pick out woodwork, like I hate doors and and that are not then considered with the wall colours. So, you know, I'll pop a door colour, for example, or the architraving to give it that burst of colour. So, yeah, but it's definitely a part of the process of interior design that I think is not to be feared, and it can be relatively easily changed if it's sending you out in hives. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and we never got that right. Well, the kitchen's that way. Right, right. right let's go this way. So Through we're going down the pink, the pink hallway. Oh, it's so delicious. I um, blue just cupboards. wrote about a book on the blog by um, Emilio Pimentel Reed. He's done this book called Bold British Design. Right. And I was looking through the pictures and I said, oh, the pink of your sitting room is gorgeous. What pink is that? And he said, oh, I've had it matched to my skin tone oh. so that it will always flatter me when I'm here. Yeah. Is this person? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Paint matched yeah, you will either to flatter him or I'll get lost. Wherever <laughs> 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 you go. Oh, there you are. Really like your skin tone, though. Well, it's—I mean, it's a soft pink, but I thought it was an interesting idea because you know that mm. will flatter you. There you go. So look, kitchen, yes. come in. This is, isn't this it is lovely? Oh, I like this like double deep worktop because it like means you can get more things on it. You created it, so I'm guessing originally this was a huge front room, right? And you've divided it to create this little kitchen. Absolutely, it's it was—it was a sad thing to have to do, but it was my partner was coming to move into this space. So it, it just didn't work. So what we've done is chopped up, if you like, created a bedroom and a kitchen in the space that was originally just a kitchen, a beautiful big open plan kitchen. So there's now a bedroom and bathroom at the front. Um, that is super cool. Oh, it's got a really healthy lineup of booze as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> 47 <laughs> bottles of vodka and some tonic. Lovely. What time is it? We can what kind of kitchen this is. <laughs> there's nothing in the fridge, but there's a lot in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and also, no, I'm also loving the fact that there's a little store of paintings as well yes. in the corner. Work in progress. Work in progress. Brilliant. And artwork and oversized lights. 
and a lamp. And is this all sort of Spanish pottery that I'm spotting? I've just painted those little pots up there myself in Spain, put them in bubble wrap and hand carried them last week because I thought they'd look nice on the website. Yes. yes. Very silly. I love that. We started a collaboration last year to do lampshades and bases with Pookie. And unfortunately, with the coronavirus, we had to halt on the bases that I designed. So we went to manufacturing. All, <clears throat> right. All, yeah. So what we have now is a sort of two part collection and the shades are now out and I'm really proud of them. And what I'm going to do is sit them on antique bases that I found and sourced and then they'll go onto the website. Again, that's just a lovely way of bringing your love of pattern and colour to a lampshade. I think they're so overlooked. Like I quite often say to people, just switch your lampshades. You know, you oh, I think you could do that seasonally, can't you? nice vintage yeah. lamp base or a high street lamp base. But they always come with really ordinary yeah. cream shades, don't they? Mm. And you can really punk it up with a groovy lampshade. Yeah, it's totally. kind of Clever. overlooked, isn't it? Because, I mean, yes, God, I love a cushion as much as the next person, but that's the kind of obvious route, isn't it? Mm. So, you know, think about your mm. lampshades as something that you can change quite it's easily. so true. I mean, I didn't think about it. I underlooked it for a while and only because of this collaboration did I start to think about yeah. it a lot more so I think you can group them together and have these little corners of pockets of light and as you say they sort of immediately transport particularly in the winter and the evenings I mean these looks magical at night oh look little oh, <gasps> fancy pots in the shower look at oh, that. it's all just fabulous it's all just like up-leveling everywhere, isn't it? That's what I'm kind of really getting from your vibe. Is oh, it's Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, it's a, yeah, it's a tiled wet room. Absolutely got all the things you need. Tile, shower, practical. And then it's got wall sconces and a Venetian mirror and oversized Moroccan lanterns. Right. Brilliant. Because that's so, so easy It's surreal having do. you describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of freaking out. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm in here. This is lovely. What I'm noticing is lots of painted furniture as well. Yeah, that was a lockdown project, to be fair. I've got that from my mum, for sure. If you go around her house, she'll definitely paint you if you stand still. (laughs) Like, it's a thing. I don't know why, but I think, yeah, I love to paint furniture. So do you buy, like, junk furniture or new furniture or anything? It doesn't matter. Well, in this this room, the bed is actually new. That's had a little lick of paint. It's probably quite sticky so to the it, touch. This lovely still. sort of gloss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sticking to it. No, I'm not. This sort of like gloss coral yeah, colour. Exactly. Yeah. That is a beautiful colour with a sort of chalky blue bed linen. Yeah. And then the wallpaper is is similar colours, isn't it? With they're parrots, aren't they? Yeah, that was yeah. my sort of first. I mean, again, this room is a room of two halves. It's definitely not finished. But this is the first. The wallpaper that you're looking at is one of my designs for Osborne and Little and it's called Ventura with these sort of rainbow parrots so that was my first I don't know if it's you know necessarily there's a right order to do things but that was what I chose to do first and now I'm going to try and work with that paper as the sort of anchor of the space to dress the windows and everything else yeah so you can you pull the colors out from there yeah and the motifs so I was thinking like yeah. coral this kind of color curtain Oh, nice. Okay, so you've already sort of pulled the coral from the parrot's tail onto the bed. And then yeah. there's those lovely tropical flowers. Yeah. Which are more more of a peach. Like a what hibiscus-y kind of peach. peach. Yeah. That's it. Hibiscus. So maybe that's the sort of 
yes, I think so. So this is like a mini leopard, an abstract, like a mini abstract leopard. Yeah, it's called it's called the ocelot fabric. Oh, yeah, I could get on board with ocelots. Yeah, yes, and it comes in grey. I don't know what it is. Does it matter what it is? It's a small cat thing. Yeah, it's a what? Small cat thing. Oh, it's a right, isn't it? Okay, you can cut that bit out. Oh it looks fabulous. <laughs> and then that amazing pop of canary yellow on that rather fabulous chest there, which it's kind of unexpected. That's what I love as well, is it sort of yes, it kind of coordinates the coral with the blue for sure, but then you've just got that like mm. wild card yellow chest. I don't know, it just really pops out. I love a disruptor colour. That's a happy yeah. accident. I'm not going to pretend it was planned. It's just an old piece that I love, don't want to get rid of. And I think that's the thing with my design philosophy. It's not necessarily about everything new and pristine and matching to the nth degree. That would send, certainly send me crazy. I think you need personality and sort of not mistakes, but you need to sort of, you know, have fun with it. And you want to live in it, don't you? Mm. And, and, and it needs to be practical as well as beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether, you know, if the budget was unending, would I have that cabinet there? Maybe not. But I, I like it and I think it works. It's sort of, as you say, a little pop of co unexpected colour. I think that's quite interesting on the terms of budget because obviously doing up a home is a really expensive mm. process and it's mm. one that a lot of us do quite gradually. Like you say, mm. old things you have to work around them or you pick up something that needs a look of paint to make it work. But I think that almost creates the most exciting interiors because sometimes if you can just go out and shop everything from the get-go, mm. it can look overly contrived, can't it? And so that element of making do mm. is sometimes what gives it a little bit of magic, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And again, it's sort of always been part of my work. I used to make clothes from relatively inexpensive fabrics and then my goal was to transform them into gowns that would, you know, knock them dead kind of thing. So whether it was beaded or embroidered or printed or dyed, it was trans that transformation from something hum Lonely, humble. Yeah. You know, I'm not really about glitzy, massive, expensive pieces. I mean, I wouldn't say no to the odd, you know, splurge. But I think, yeah, I, I'm definitely mindful when I'm doing homes for other people as well as myself about where to spend the money wisely. Well, where do you say then? You got any tips on that? So I'm going to drill down. When, if you do need to splurge, what is it? Is it art? Is it fabrics or? I'm going to be really boring and sensible and say all the things that you don't see. Oh yeah. The sort of behind the scenes stuff. Like if you can spend that time on the, you know, your your water and your electrics and. Like the heating and the heating, the, the lighting, I think that's sorely sometimes overlooked, you know, as well as lamps to think of how you want to light the space. Do you want dimmers? Do you want low lights, up lights, spotlights? I think all that sort of relatively dull part of the process is important. Um, and you can spend money on that before you even start with cushions and. But that, it's like good foundations, isn't it? I mean, that comes yeah. back to fashion. If you've got good underwear on and you've got yeah. the right bra on, then you can, you'll look better in the dress, <laughs> won't you? It's so true. If the dress doesn't yeah. fit, if it looks great on a hand, you've got to fit. Yeah. You know, the zip's got to work. It's got to hold you in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely the same principles yeah. apply. I mean, I'd spend money on the floor. I think nothing looks good on a crappy floor. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's um, true. So if you've got great furniture but your floor's a bit 
Rank. It's the bones, isn't it? I mean, it yeah. comes back to that, you know, Kate Moss looks great in a bin bag because she's got good bone structure and she looks great. But, you know, so you're talking about a house with good structure, good bones, and then you can have fun with perhaps slightly unexpected colours or wild colour combinations. Things, yeah, I think, you know, I think you can make something less relatively inexpensive look great if you have got that sort of shell, that envelope of you know, good design. And this flat does have good bones. I mean, it really yes, does, it doesn't does. it? The windows, the cornicing. You know, but you also make the here. point, I think, and, and I think a lot of people are frightened by this, that you must have fun with it because you're living mm. in it. And I think people get stuck because mm. they think I'm spending, you know, a relatively large amount of money or if it's paint, which can be cheap, quite a lot of time doing it and I'm frightened that I won't like it forever or that it'll be a passing trend or I'll go off it. So I think people get stuck into very sensible decisions, hence the proliferation of Magnolia in the 70s mm. and, and Grey mm. in the early part of this century. Yeah, I guess the fear of getting it wrong is yeah. is a huge factor in decision-making. You know, people want practical, value-for-money, sensible things. And I totally understand that. And I also think if you veer over across into giving it more time and thought and effort, it definitely is a minefield. I mean, I'm an interior designer, as are you, and it's it's a tough process to, even I second guess all the time, what I'm buying, where I'm buying it from, how much is it, will it work, will that go with that, is it the right size? I just bought a sideboard, for example, the other day and stupidly didn't measure it at all. And it's like the teeniest thing ever. I was expecting like a... You think the walls will bend, don't you? I got a chest of drawers and I measured the space for the chest of drawers and was really pleased with myself. I forgot the skirting board. And that centimetre, it won't give. Well, I I'm really, talking, I thought I could, I'm talking half a metre, not centimetre. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it like a out. Barbie doll chest with my telly on it. I thought it was going to be this very elegant, high... Uh, anyway, so yes, it is... You know, even to people that do it as a career and a job, I think it's, you know... It's a minefield. It's a minefield yeah. and it's good to have someone alongside of you, whether that is a hired interior designer who should know more than you, to sort of bounce off and sort of reach some kind of middle ground, if you like. Yeah. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> oh, this is great, isn't it? Do people, when people, when you see people's homes, do they start pointing out all the flaws? Is that quite a common thing? Or is it just me? Because I'm be about... Just, that'll just be you. I'm about to leave my duvet is too small that, for the bed. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you were thinking, oh, we can't measure duvets. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff to Now you're mentioning okay, us away fine. from the size of the duvet. My mum never... Right she always told me not to do that, but I'm clearly not listening. And look at that little tiny orange window. Oh, that's just that is, a fabulous that's little genius, pop, isn't it? Isn't it? That is genius. Yeah. What a lovely room. You're going to have to talk us through some of the things in here. I mean, first up, the the chandelier. Where do you saw something as exquisite as that? Well, it's Murano, and it's was I bought it in um, a specialist in New York, which sounds very exotic and glamorous. Sounds very glamorous. I was hoping you were going to say something like <laughs> that. Down the flea market around the corner. Yeah. Put it in a car boot. Um, it was, um, I had a store in New York back in the day, so it actually came from there. From there? Oh, well, I bought amazing. it for the store. And yes, then, yeah. and then bought yeah. it back. I think that's lovely. I think that's brilliant. And then this um, amazing ostrich feather 
lamp, which I really associate with you for some reason. I think you must have been one of, it's a really iconic design. It's the, it's the sort of gold branch with the leaves being fabulous pink ostrich feathers. And it's totally over the top <laughs> and it's totally overscaled. And you definitely have to have the right house to fit something so glorious in it. I guess it's the <laughs> antithesis of what we were talking about earlier. Oh, make do and make mend and make do. <laughs> Here comes a big... Yes, it's an ostrich feather life-size tree lamp, yes. <laughs> Completely impractical, but yeah. yeah, no, I think it's um, it's definitely one of those little moments of a lavish... Ex- yeah, you know. it's I think you need something like that in every out. room, don't you? It's yeah. super all out. And then again, I suppose more antique... Lamp bases and mirrors and But the colours are actually quite muted in here, aren't they? That's a very sort of plaster pink and what colour would you call that headboard, Sophie? That's a sort of mouse, isn't it? Like a mouse grey. Oh, don't say mouse. <laughs> like a, I wondered what she was going to go for. Just a little <laughs> elephant trap for you there. But you're right, it is very mouse-like. I think we'll go chestnut mushroom and uh, again the soft sort of... Chalky but blue grey walls. It's nice though. They? I mean, you're yeah. saying that like you're I should. Actually standing I know. On my I, mic got, I got into a tangle. Sorry, <laughs> I'm pirouetting. Pirouetting. No, I think it's. Um, no, oh, it's hello. In my skirt. There um, we go. I think what I love about this is it's a much more gentle palette. So mm. gone have the vibrant colours that we've seen elsewhere. And it is these more slightly dirty, slubby colours. Even the shutters mm. aren't the vibrant turquoise. That's more of a kind of ocean, tealy colour. Right. So the whole thing, the energy's just like brought right down in here, isn't it? Right. I mean, but it's the same colours, isn't it? Yes, just muted. Well, it's, it's going back to that, what's the space for, I guess. It's a place to sleep. That's all I do in here, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's another podcast. Well. <laughs> We're going through them today, aren't we? But it is Friday and the bar's fully stopped, so you never know. It's not actually, it's Thursday, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a space that's used primarily for sleeping. So that sort of dictates, I think, to a large extent how you decorate. I want to feel calm. Yeah, it's I want. I don't really want busy, crazy jolts of colour. And then the busy pattern that you do have, again, another fabulous wallpaper. It's behind the headboard, isn't it? It's so, behind, yeah. I'm not sort of staring at it. Yeah. In, and and I, I find that quite... Um, is that a calming wallpaper, is it's it? It's quite calming. <laughs> <laughs> that multicoloured sort of tropical metallic backdrop paper for me is quite a calm. Yeah. But it but it is because it's it's sort of soft shades of chocolatey yeah. brown, isn't it? And and a soft chalky blue, yeah. sort of wedgewoody type blue, isn't it? So it's metallic quite, silver background, yeah. isn't it? It's really lovely. It's a beautiful room. And that's a good way, actually, in a bedroom, if you're frightened of lots of colour, do it on the headboard because you've got your back mm. to it when mm. you want to be relaxing or, or you've got your eyes shut. Yeah. But what's um, the story then about the neon orange great idea window and also Kate look I've spotted it here yeah. there's a stripe of it on the door too and again it's quite unusual architecturally to have this little window that looks like it's six feet up the wall you couldn't really open it or see out of it it's kind of like a foot and a half square and it's uh, neon orange do you know why it's there <laughs> is it an old bathroom window this was you used to come in here and this whole section we're studying was a sort of shower bathroom to this bedroom oh. and I didn't like it, so I knocked down the bathroom and then there was a little... I love that. I love that because, I mean, some people would have just blocked that up, I'm guessing. But you Mm. thought, you know what? I love that little random window. (laughs) I'm going to keep 
keep it. Otherwise, I'm going to paint it a really bright colour. That's what brings the character, isn't it? it? I yeah. love it. It is slightly bonkers, Matthew. Well, it's but... like a belt on a dress or a shoe on an... You know, it's yeah, that sort okay. of... Or the lipstick too. Yeah. You know. Again, I think what's really interesting about your interiors is it's... I'm going to use the... I, it's almost vetoed now in the interior design industry, but I'm holding on to it because people know what it means. Eclectic. Mm. It's a very eclectic aesthetic in here. From the very kind of like deco-esque kind of mirrored furniture, then there's this incredible Italian vintage painted beautiful cupboard, and then there's gilt mirrors, modern mirrors... Vintage chandeliers <laughs> and, of course, the feathers. How do you decide how to combine so many different design references? How do you get it to work? That's a brilliant question. I guess um, to, first of all, be fearless in sort of that concept that it doesn't all have to match. That, to me, is perhaps the only no-no for my style, that if everything is bought to match so I sort of go rub against that concept and think of things that wouldn't necessarily be paired together. And that's where I think you get interesting mixes and juxtapositions, whether it's wood, metal, glass. I think you've just got to have a sensitive eye and, and also not rush it. I don't think you can create this look in 24 hours or even a week. I think you've got to spend time. And it's a lot, lot of what you see here is you know, sourced over years. Not only is most of it old and antique, but also it's it's been with me for a long, long period of time. And then I might just add something that t takes me as I'm going. Um, but that's really the only process. It's not really overly... You're not intellectualising No. It. So it's, it's very organic and it's buying stuff you love and perhaps thinking afterwards where you might put it or moving it from room to room rather than specifically looking for for pieces or a mix of both i guess i guess it's a bit of both mm. you know like there's definitely things now in the lounge i'm thinking right i need a new sofa and so that obviously happens but i think when it comes to decorative items there's got to be that pull um no one needs an italian <laughs> painted shrine on their bedroom cabinet necessarily um, so that's been bought just for that you love pure it. love of, yeah. and, and I knew the tones would work well. And so, yeah, I think it's sort of that, that passion of, you know, certainly when you're dressing a space, when you're at that final step of how do I now make it look like it reflects me? And, it, it, you know, I think you can be as free as you like. With you, as many other designers, it's so instinctive yeah, that actually yeah. you can't Truth really explain it because you just know when it works. It. Whereas someone who's perhaps less creative mm. will go by the rules and think mm. well I've got a big bit there so I must have a small bit there and well, an old bit there so a new bit there and I you guess I'm just, just I'm just not drawn to it the kind of person that bigs up my own stuff rightly or wrongly I never did it in fashion when I was interviewed backstage and you know I, I felt like I should be going oh I'm fabulous and did you stick? <laughs> you know but I couldn't I had this really sort of British oh thank you do you like it I wasn't you know, yeah. able to, I mean, I have to really think it through mm. to sort of sell it. It's yeah. not my natural, you know, I feel far more flattered than anything else. When you say you love it, I'm like, oh my God. Oh, amazing. Rather than, well, of course you love it, of course you bloody love it. <laughs> so you should love it. It's fabulous. I bet you could tell us plenty of stories of people like oh. that too. <laughs> Well, get the vodka out. It's a whole other yeah. podcast. Yeah, that is That's the one we actually want to hear. <laughs>
Okay, so we're back in the, where we going, drawing room, lounge, living room? <laughs> we're back in this wonderful room, and I know you'll all be dying to see pictures. So rest assured, there will be plenty of them on our blogs. I'm madaboutthehouse.com, and she's sophierobinson.co.uk. And also on our Instagram feeds, madaboutthehouse again, and Sophie Robinson Interiors. And you will also certainly be wanting to follow Matthew himself on Instagram, where he's aptly... Matthew Williamson. Do look out for Matthew's upcoming projects. What have we got in the pipeline? Uh, well, I guess my priority now is building my website. Oh, good. So we'll get links MatthewWilliamson.com. Indeed. Now, don't forget to check out our fabulous Facebook group, The Great Indoors Podcast. And do nip onto your podcast app if you can and leave us a little review, especially if it's as lovely as AJ Hardy's, who says, I just found this podcast two weeks ago and I can't get enough of it. It's brimming with advice and inspiration and I highly recommend it. Thanks, AJ Hardy. Tell your friends. We recommend it too. <laughs> and finally, thanks so much to Matthew for showing us around your incredible home. Oh, not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. It's been lovely to chat. Well, we'll be back soon when you've redecorated it. Have a look, so get ready. <laughs> thanks also to our producer, Kate Taylor of Feast Collective. And thanks to AJ Hardy and all our lovely listeners. And we'll see you in the great indoors. I've just clocked the fact that I literally got dressed in the dark this morning and we're in a fashion designer's <laughs> house. Just having a bit of a moment now. <laughs> I should have perhaps put more thought into that, shouldn't I? <laughs> no, as you were, you carry on. I think you look fabulous. I'm just going to go outside for some air. <laughs>